For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Barrier Podcast on the Bleed Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network. The only place of the show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio. On this week's show, we're going to talk about the San Francisco 49ers and their upcoming football matchup over the next week. But before we do all that, we have a quick word from our sponsor. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the football field once again. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more props, odds, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football-related. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ben Maria podcast. For when I break, we previewed what we are doing for this week's show. Once again, talk about the Niners and their upcoming matchup for the following week. But before we actually get into their matchup against the Rams on Monday Night Football, it is time to talk about what happened in week three. And starting off with the actual results for us, it was mediocre for the third straight week. We ended up splitting the side and the total. We won the total. We had the under in the Niners-Broncos game, which was never in doubt. And we also ended up losing with the Niners on the spread. They had a great chance to win it. They were covering for a decent portion of the game. Unfortunately, they gave up a touchdown late, and that was the deciding factor. Uh, So when you're up in the fourth quarter with the spread, and then the other team takes the lead with less than five minutes to go, it's a bit rough. But either way, a really, really hideous game of football. I don't really have anything more to add there. It was one of the worst games on TV you'll probably see all year. Uh, The Niners ended up scoring seven points in the first quarter and then three in the fourth quarter. And they only had 267 yards of total offense. The Broncos had 261 yards of total offense. It was a catastrophe from both sides. Uh, Hopefully, there's no game that's worse than that for the rest of the year. But I think I speak for everyone in potentially America or internationally who watched the game. It was one of the worst games I've ever seen. And I'm just going to say that even though I do acknowledge that the game was competitive and you had to go at touchdowns less than five minutes to go, it looked like Big Ten football. It was a train wreck, and I got to go through the stats. But the Niners went one for 10 on a third down. The the, uh, Broncos went six for 19. Uh, Yeah, don't really have much more to add. The Niners had three turnovers, which didn't help. Uh, You also just had a situation where the Niners really just couldn't move the ball at all. I mean, they had 13 first downs. Uh, They got Kittle back in the lineup. I'll mention his stat line a bit, but he was basically a non-factor. I don't think anybody on the team really did anything offensively. Now, defensively, the teams were great. I'll give give credit where credit is due, but I have to at least point out that offensively, both teams were a train wreck, but Denver was just slightly better, and that was good enough. So going through the actual stat line, starting off with the Niners, you had a new starting quarterback, same as the old starting quarterback, Jimmy G., 
uh, after the Trey Hoyant experiment ended and he got hurt. But Garoppolo's first actual start, he was not very good at all. 18 of 29 for 211 passing yards, one touchdown, one pick, was sacked four times, QBR of 14.2. The ground game was actually decent. Jeff Wilson at 12 carries for 75 yards. I don't really know why they abandoned the run in the second half. Wilson was actually doing pretty well. He was on pace for 100 for a decent portion of the game. And then they just stopped giving him work. I don't really know why, but Wilson looked pretty good as the starting running back since Price was a scratch later on in the actual week. So he was kind of running unopposed as the starting running back. But the Niners decided to go away from him, even though he averaged over six yards a carry. I really didn't understand that move by Shanahan. But either way, looking at the receiving core, Debo Samuel was pretty good, 73 yards. Ayuk had the touchdown in the first quarter, finished with 39 yards. Wilson also had 31 receiving yards, so he had over 100 total yards. Try to get him the ball more. Kittle had four catches for 28 yards in his first game this season. Didn't really do much. That's basically it. Garoppolo, in addition to the interception late in the game, he also ended up having, sorry, in addition to the interception he had earlier in the game, he also had a safety, which he ran or stepped out of the back of the end zone before throwing a pick six. So I guess it saved the Niners four points, if you want to look at it that way, four or five points. But yeah, he stepped out of the back of the end zone and that safety turned out to be important because it turned the game from seven to three to seven to five, which ended up resulting in the Niners uh, basically not even needing to block an extra point, et cetera, to give the Broncos the lead because the Broncos ended up taking the lead 11-10 with the touchdown before failing the two-point conversion. But I guess in hindsight, it didn't really matter that much with the safety. It was kind of just a funny meme play. But Garoppolo also fumbled, which wasn't ideal. Jeff Olson Jr. had the pass at the end of the game, which he fumbled, which basically ended the game. And really all there is to it. As for the defense, you ended up having the... Uh, yeah, defense play well and gave up 11 points, really nine points because of the safety. Uh, to go through the sacks, you had Givens who had one, Nick Bosa had one, you had Hyder Jr. with one, and Drake Jackson with one. And now moving on to Denver, Denver's offense was also not really good. However, since Wilson did not turn the ball over, his QBR was pretty, I'd say, it wasn't good, but it was definitely better than Garoppolo's. Russell Wilson had 184 passing yards, zero touchdowns, zero picks, sacked four times as well, but a QBR of 32.9. So his QBR was more than double of what Garoppolo's was because he didn't fumble and he also didn't throw a pick. He also didn't give up a safety. But to go through the ground game, really did nothing for Denver. They had a rushing touchdown with Gordon to win the game. But for the yards per carry, 33 total carries for 101 yards, 3.1 yards per carry. Uh, Williams had 58 yards on 15 carries, and Melvin Gordon had 12 carries for 26 yards. I know that Gordon had the touchdown. I still don't know why they divide them up equally. Williams is easily the better running back, and it's not even close. But yet, Gordon still finishes near him in touches almost every single game. You go through the receiving core. Sutton was actually very solid. Had eight catches for 97 yards. Uh, Gordon had five catches for 29. Hinton at 27 yards. Judy was a non-factor. Two catches for 17. And Alberto had one catch for 12. Uh, besides that, though, to go through the actual turnovers, they had none, which was the story of the game. Uh, Niners lost the turnover battle 3-0. Gordon did fumble twice. He recovered one of them. The other one went out of bounds. Gordon's had fumbling issues since he came into the league out of Wisconsin. Uh, Kareem Jackson had one fumble. Uh, that was ended, that ended up being recovered. Uh, sorry, uh, Jackson had one fumble recovery, 
Uh, he had the, I believe he recovered the Wilson fumble at the end, I think, but it, I could be mistaken. Uh, what Russell Wilson ended up having one fumble, which he recovered. And uh, yeah, you had Jewel who had a fumble recovery as well. But to go through the actual numbers defensively, Jewel had a pretty good game. I mentioned the fumble recovery. He also had one sack and he led the team with nine tackles. Uh, besides that, Randy Gregory had one sack and Bradley Chubb had one sack. Purcell had a sack as well. So both defenses were pretty even. The only difference was turnovers. Niners lost that battle 3 nothing. And Garoppolo reminded everyone why they tried to replace him with Lance in the first place. It's because, I said it before, Jimmy Garoppolo is not a good quarterback. He's a mediocre quarterback at best, but Lance was so bad that he made Garoppolo look good by comparison. And I think that's a pretty safe way to explain it. Garoppolo is the quarterback for the rest of the season. Uh, next year, if Lance is healthy, he'll play. I still don't think Lance is very good, but Garoppolo, for now, is the starter for better or worse. But to move on to the actual Week 4 preview, it is, as I said before, the Monday night game, and it should be a good one between the Rams and the Niners, or at least a competitive one. But to go through the team record so far, the Rams are 2-1 and one after they beat the Cardinals in a surprising low-scoring game this past weekend. Ended up winning that game 20-12. to 12. Uh, The Rams opened up a big lead, and then it seemed like the offense really didn't do much for the rest of the game. And the Cardinals did Cardinal things. You know, a couple of really bad turnovers, looked disorganized, and looked like a Cliff Kingsbury coach team. But either way, the point is the Rams ended up winning. And since the week one debacle against the Bills on Thursday Night Football, they are 2-0. and So they have kind of turned it around a bit. Niners are 1-2 and with the one win being against Seattle at home. Now the Niners return back to Levi Stadium. So we'll see how the Niners fare since they are 0-2 on the road this season. Now to go through the actual head-to-head numbers, the Rams, of course, did win in the playoffs to actually make it to the Super Bowl. However, the Niners have kind of owned the head-to-head in the last couple of years. The Niners are 6-1 and one in the last seven meetings straight up, and the one exception, of course, was the most meaningful one in the playoffs. But either way, the Niners are favored in this game by one and a half, and the total is around 42-42 and a half. First of all, based on what I've seen from these two teams, the Niners being favored is very sketchy because I think the Rams are the much better team. Uh, the Niners might have a better overall roster in terms of just depth and their defense is solid. The offense, the weapons are pretty good, especially with Kittle being healthy. The issue is Garoppolo is just not very good. And I know they made the NFC title game last year, but Garoppolo isn't it. And Stafford, despite having some interception issues, is still a solid quarterback. He won a Super Bowl last year, but you can argue he's still top 10. Point is, Stafford is definitely better. And the Rams' weapons, besides Cup, I do have question marks. Akers is decent, but he fumbles all the damn time. Henderson's a decent backup running back. Higby's an okay tight end. They ended up picking up Allen Robinson in the offseason, who looks totally washed, by the way. Robinson looks awful. And the defense has been... Okay. I mean, they gave up 12 points against the Cardinals, but Hollywood Brown ended up going for, what do you go for, 14 catches for 140-something yards last week? Uh, 14 catches for 140 on the dot, and Jalen Ramsey was covering him for a decent amount of those, and he was just basically playing prevent, and he gave up a bunch of receptions underneath. So I'm not sold on the Rams secondary either, because Ramsey does not look nearly as good as he used to, and I think that's a serious problem. You still have Aaron Donald. You still have a good defensive line but it is worth pointing out. So 
to go through the actual, I'd say, game plan for both teams, the Rams' main game plan or their main focus, don't turn the ball over. Stafford has five interceptions through three games. However, they did beat the Cardinals, and Stafford did not throw an interception, and they won. Stafford really didn't play well. He had 249 passing yards, which was kind of surprising because the Cardinals' secondary was getting absolutely slaughtered for the entire season up to that point. The Rams offensively, though, had 10 points in the first quarter and then finished with 20, but they had 339 yards, and they only had 15 first downs, which I thought was kind of weird. But Akers had 61 yards and a touchdown. He also had a fumble late on the one-yard line, which wasn't exactly ideal. Uh, Cup had one rushing touchdown and 20 yards to go along with a pretty quiet day in the passing game for Cup. He had 44 yards receiving. couple of potential big plays there. He quote-unquote dropped a touchdown pass. It wasn't an easy catch, but you kind of assume Cup's going to catch everything. And he was open for a bomb midway through the game, and Stafford missed him. But Higby was pretty decent. He ended up having 61 yards, and uh, Skoronek ended up leading the team with 66 receiving yards. He had a big 32-yard catch there in the second half. Uh, besides that, though, the defense was good. Donald had one sack. Lewis had one sack, but he only gave up 12 points. Uh, definitely a solid performance, and there was 12 points the hard way with zero touchdowns. They had four field goals by Prater, so the Rams did not let the Cardinals get into the end zone. They really stuffed the ground game. Connor had 13 carries for 39 yards, and that's going to segue me into the actual, I'd say, keys to the game. I mentioned how Stafford can't turn it over. He also needs to play better than that, but we've seen the Niners secondary give him fits in the past, even through a pick in that title game. Should have been another one uh, if the Niners intercepted that one in the second half. They probably would have made it to the Super Bowl, but either way, uh, the pass is the pass. The point is Stafford has to do a good job of limiting the mistakes. Last week he did, and they won a pretty ugly game. As for the Niners, I mentioned how the Rams shut down James Conner, but that really is the story of the game to me. They needed Jeff Wilson to really perform well, and he looked good last week. Then they stopped giving him the ball. I don't really know why. He had 10-plus overall touches. I believe he finished with 15 touches, including the receptions, and he finished with 100 all-purpose yards. So he looked good. He had 75 yards. Most of them were in the first half, and for some reason, they just abandoned the run. And I think that the game's going to come down to if the Niners can dominate up front. Now, Trent Williams got injured last week, and according to initial reports, it does not look good. So I doubt he will be playing into this game and that's a big deal because you can argue that he's a top five top three offensive lineman in the league but he's probably going to be out indefinitely or for a long period of time with a high ankle sprain so assume two three weeks maybe four could be four to six but with him being out it's a big deal and now you have Colton uh, McKivitz who's taking over at the left tackle spot who's kind of an unproven commodity you might have some problems with the offensive line, which makes me kind of confused why the Niners are favored in this overall game. I get the idea that they're at home and then and the Rams have struggled against them in the past couple of years, but with a banged-up offensive line, you also have Armstead who might not play. He's questionable, but I have question marks about the Niners' ability to dominate up front like they have been able to in previous meetings, and if they can't protect Garoppolo, he's screwed. So for me... For this overall matchup, I think it'll be competitive. I think it's going to be ugly. Once again, I'm expecting an ugly game involving the Niners because offensively, they're not very good, but defensively, they're incredible. I'm going to go with the under 42. 
I see a 20 to 17 type of game, something like that. Touchdowns few and far between. If they really cannot protect from the left side with Williams being out, I have serious concerns about the Niners' ability to sustain drives, and we just saw that against Denver on Sunday night last week. The Rams, though, I think are going to win. Even though they have been bad, once again, 1-6 in in the last seven, they did win the last meeting in the playoffs, and I think they might have exercised some demons. But the Rams are a better team because of the significantly better quarterback play, and now the Rams' offensive line, which was not good in week one against the Bills, I do think you can argue it's comparable to the Niners, if not slightly better, because Trent Williams is that valuable to that unit. So I'm going to go with the Rams, and I'm going to go with the under in just coincidentally the exact same score as the NFC title game last year. Give me the Rams to win this game 20-17, to but that's going to be my picks for the week four Monday night matchup between the Rams and the Niners. And that's been this episode of the Better A Podcast. We'll be back once again next week to go through the Niners' upcoming schedule. But until then, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.